Welcome to Spoilers Please, where we have a discussion involving either a movie or a TV show, and we'll do so with spoilers. You've been warned. Hello, my name is Albert. This is Jami. This is Josephine. This is Edward. And for this episode, we are going to be talking about the latest Marvel Studios movie, Thor Ragnarok. Thor? Thor. 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 I thought we were, I thought we were supposed yeah. to watch Thor. I'm very confused now. Thor. Thor? Wait, Thor. Did, did, did it not Thor? say it correctly? <gasps> Thor. What? Thor Ragnarok? Thor All right. Ragnarok. All right, there you go. Now, oh, it's just your, your, your Filipino accent. You what? Mean like Thor? He has an like, accent? Thor. I hadn't noticed. Wait, did, he, did, did he say it wrong? <laughs> Thor. Thor? Thor. Thor? I mean, it's just the TH. The, the TH is getting mixed in there. So it sounds like we're talking about Thor books. The, the people write... Whatever. Yeah. I think we're getting off track. Now, yeah. now, now here's the thing that, that that I think interests me a little bit is the fact that are they being blatant that this is the final tour movie? Because it is supposed uh, to be the final tour movie, right? Think, no, I don't think so. What are you talking about? I don't. I don't feel like it's. I didn't get that at all. No one said that it was the final Thor movie. But that's the thing, but, though. But the, if it follows the pattern of yeah. the other standalone Avengers, the, the, the precedent they do, they do three. You know what I mean? Three, and they're done, and then they move on to the next franchise. The next character gets three movies and stuff like that. Even though I don't, yeah. think, I, I, so I, but I think it all depends on what, ha- what happens in the next phase. I don't know what what's, what happens in the next phase. So I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Yeah, cause, I mean, uh, unless they all die, like, actually. But they're all still alive. Like, Iron Man, yeah, I get at the end, it's like, oh, I'm not Iron Man anymore. But then, yeah, he comes back and yeah. all the, you know, team-ups, and he's like, hi, I'm still Iron Man. No, but Thor's like, I don't have Asgard, but I'm still Thor. No, but that's, that's what I mean, though. It's it's the end of their of their single franchise. Now they're just relegated to guest-starring. Right. Or co-starring. Uh, we don't we don't know for sure. Once again, yeah. we don't know what the heck they're doing in the next phase, so... Mm-hmm. And also, and I think of the difficulty is that you know d- doing three movies where one hero is difficult enough already to do like the fourth one is even more so because I know Marvel is precious about trying to at least make their stories as you know decent or as well done as possible. And, Except Guardians. <laughs> but the expectations for each one uh, grows bigger and bigger. So I mean, there's a possibility there could be a Thor. Thor 4, there could even be an Iron Man 4, but there nothing has been ruled out. No one has made an official statement saying, yeah. that's it, no more, no one has said and that. And even if they said there was no more, I'm pretty sure they could always revoke yeah. that any chance. Like yeah. the Saw movies. Yeah. Like how many more Saw movies after the final Saw chapter, there's even more. Yeah, if I had to guess though, I would I would say there won't be another standalone Thor yeah. movie. Because the thing is, Iron Man 3 ended with a billion dollars, right, worldwide and stuff, and didn't do Iron Man 4. So I would assume if they didn't do it for Iron Man, they won't do it for Thor. It'll be, yeah. it'll, he'll just but be like... But assumptions, so we don't right. know. It's just assumptions. I'm just I'm assuming he'll just do... If he survives Infinity War and all that stuff, I assume he'll take a role close to what Iron Man's doing, just co-starring, coming in different places, you know. Or, I don't know. Or if they did, like, the Hulk movie, they'll just bring Thor in for that. Sure. Yeah, we just reverse it. Or Valkyrie gets her... Whole, Gets her own movie and she, he co-stars or guest stars and stuff like that. But you know, oh yeah, that, that could happen. Yeah, it's all yeah. it's all speculation. But you know, this... I mean, as long as they're alive, they can keep doing whatever they want with them. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. onto the movie. Yeah. yeah. You guys, did you want? Do you guys want to go first? What do you think of the movie uh, overall? Oh, where do you want to go first? Uh, I think this Marvel movie. Uh, Josephine and I can both say we. What? Don't let me in with you. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Uh, I look forward to this more than most recent uh, Marvel films, solely because of the director Taika Waititi. Um, I'm a hu- we're I'm a huge fan of his previous works, What We Do in the Shadows, and Hunt for the Wilder People. And so 
I was curious to see how he would tackle a, such a large, you know, large scale movie. This is the biggest movie he's ever done and how he would cope with dealing with a machine, in this case, Marvel. And if his voice can translate well, because we've seen in the past where it didn't go well, like Edgar Wright with Ant-Man and whatnot. So I was I was wondering if can this relationship hold? And after watching the movie, I thought it struck a middle ground and I it was Goofy, irreverent, funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, I would have to say that I also like Taika and the films that he's done, mainly because they're so zany and weird. And I want—I was kind of like interested in seeing how what he would do with the new Thor, because as we all know, the previous two were very serious films, even though we all know Chris Hemsworth is a very good comedic actor. Um, so it was very... I mean, I feel like they're kind of copying Guardians in a way, like because of the whole like retro, retro, yeah, psychedelic kind of things. But then um, I enjoyed it for what it was, but at the same time, it's still a Marvel film. So it kind of has this li- the limitations that all the Marvel films have. Um, I don't know where I would rank it, though, in the world of Marvel superhero films. But, you know, it was funny. I had a lot of laughs. I liked it way more than Guardians. <laughs> so, eh. And I enjoyed it a lot too. I I thought it was bright, it was colorful, it was a lot of fun. If if some parts you didn't like, it, the the movie moves on to another scene, another set of jokes and stuff like that. And I think Albert would get this. Do you remember those X old X Files episode written by Darian Morgan? Yes. Yeah, and you know how those three episodes, four episodes that he wrote for the X Files, kind of goofed on the X Files mythology and the characters and all that stuff. And that's what it felt like to me for, with Thor. It's not. It's not like Deadpool was kind of making fun of superhero movies in general. This Thor movie kind of made fun of Thor movies and two Avengers movies. They made fun of the Marvel franchise and stuff like that. And I really appreciated it and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's it's really good. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Thumbs up. Same here. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I don't know if I loved it, but I did enjoy it a lot. I di- I get the whole like it's not really trying to deconstruct a superhero movie, but it's not afraid to point it out its flaws, which is fine. I think Marvel Marvel movies nowadays are kind of doing this that everywhere, you know. And like like the, the, like you guys are saying, it had shades of Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of the tone of the movie, the look of the movie, and but it goes again with what you're, what you're all saying. Marvel Studios movies kind of are the same. They're like just another episode in a long-running series. So with that in mind, it you know, I liked the humor a lot by Taika Waititi. I, I mean, uh, what, what we did in The Shadows and and uh, Hunt for the, the Wilderness people. people are awesome movies. The wind is funny, it's funny, but when it gets dramatic, I think it doesn't feel like it worked. I, I don't know. It's just that the tone greatly shifts when you get dramatic in Thor. And I kind of wish it was a little bit more balanced. No, I had no issues with the. I, I may have had a little serious uh, issues with it, the seriousness uh, in the beginning. Because I saw it twice. Because the first time I saw it, I thought the stuff with old in the front was like really kind of rushed. But then when I set, when I saw it the second time, it kind of made more sense because I kind of thought about the because fr- some of the emotional payoff you, you kind of have to keep the first and second movies kind of in mind and stuff like that. So it kind of worked a little bit better the second time around. You know what I mean? It, 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 it actually hit me a little bit harder the second time around. You know what I mean? The emotion of it all. The whole, you know, he doesn't need his hammer. The strength is within him and all that stuff. And him leaving, you know, setting himself apart from his father and all that good stuff. But didn't we already see that in the past two movies, though? In, in what sense? <laughs> that, 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 that thematic structure where, mm-hmm. like, uh, Shadow of his dad, Odin. 
his relationship with his brother, his mm-hmm. his uh, relationship with Asgard. It's pretty much the same thing again. Well, I'll I'll, I'll point to the the brother part too, the part of the Loki part. This is a real. He's a really good scene in that elevator scene where he says, you know, hey, I'm tired of trying to change you. I'm trying to start trying to pull you back to the, the good side or the dark side of the right, the, the light side of the force and stuff like that. I'm going to let you do you and stuff. And that is a difference between the first two movies and the first Agreed, two yeah. Avengers movies. So there's a little bit of progress. This is definitely the best I think they had in terms of the relationship. That is the best thing about the movie is the relationship mm-hmm. uh, between Loki and Thor. And I kind of wish it was more of that. But once again, they put themselves in the corner of the fact that Loki is technically a villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, he points it out. Like, is it wise for you to bring me back to Earth? You know, it's like that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, I don't know how they're going to write themselves out of this. I mean, he's bad. Yeah, but at I, the I same time, guess. he's also like a huge crowd favorite. So yeah. that's why they keep bringing him back into everything. And yeah. not never like, you know, killing him off as they quote unquote will do with all the other bad guys. Because they still like, yeah, he's bad, but he's also good, and he's just, uh, you never know what he's gonna do except something bad. It does and then feel like oh, it does feel like over the course of the last few movies, they kind of retconning him into like a you know antihero and all that stuff. And if I had a prediction, he, there's only one thing he can Loki can do to kind of really redeem himself, in, you know, of all the things he did in, in the first Avengers movie, right? So maybe that's where they're going with the Infinity War and stuff like that, but. I don't know. He's gonna fake kill himself again. Yeah, he'll fake kill himself again. Good thing. The cool thing about Loki is, if, especially in the comic books, even if he dies, instead of bringing Tom Hilson back, is what what people might think they might do again if he sacrifices himself in Infinity War. He, they can bring him back as a child. They can bring him back as a woman. Loki in the comics is kind of fluid like that. You know. He, oh yeah, yeah. There is the female version. Yeah. yeah. So. I think that's what ultimately the the Infinity War kind of thing is, and this movie's kind of pointing towards for Loki at least. You know what I mean? Because Loki, the reason why he came back at the end of this movie is he got tired of being put in that corner by Thor. Like, hey, I'm always a bad guy, always a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to kind of redeem himself from that stigma, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does he? Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait for two more movies. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can already predict he's gonna he's gonna give the one of the one of the Infinity Stones to Thanos. Well, presumably as, a, as like, hey, I'm going to help you. Well, it seems like he's trapped I, in a corner in that leaked trailer that we right. saw. You know, I mean, there's bodies everywhere and stuff and, like and, that. And then, and then at the end, he's going to turn on Thanos, but then that's to be expected. So sure. it's like... Oh, well, he's yeah. the god of mischief and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but then going back to some of the things you guys pointed out earlier, uh, I, I really... It doesn't really look like the... It's, it's like the Guardians in the sense that it's bright and colorful, but it does look like uh, I didn't read those comic books when I was a kid. But it does look like these Jack Kirby pictures and and stuff I've seen yes. as a comic book fan and stuff. These big blocks, these really interesting lines, all the costuming, all all bright and everything. It's just a fantastic looking movie. I mean, it's one of those movies where it actually should be nominated and probably win the Oscar for best costuming and design and stuff. This world, Sakaar looks fantastic. It looks amazing and stuff like that. It's I, great. I, I like the horn things that Hela has. Oh yeah, the th- the things she uses oh, yeah, as battle like, armor. That's basically her hair, right? Right. Well, it seems like that's her. Like she goes super saiyan when she needs to fight. She goes like a super saiyan uh-huh. kind of thing. Had the horns come out and stuff like that, and just yeah. And I just want well, also she, she like wipes her hand back and her hair disappears but becomes that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it's a cool she has like super that. powered hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. And I also want to point out the other thing. People do compare it to Guardians, but Guardians, I think the humor comes from the individual characters and stuff like that. Like, all, all of uh, Dreadnoughts' uh, uh, jokes are like, because he's, he's literal. He doesn't understand metaphor. So the humor comes from their personality types. This Taika is humor sort of more, a little bit more spontaneous, a little bit more quirky. It's a little more strange. You know what I mean? It's more of like plant a camera and see if something funny happens and stuff like that. Because there's like this scene where Korg in the prison thing stinks 
uh, Loki is a ghost and stuff like that. And he jumps into the frame and tries karate kicks it and stuff like that because he thinks he's a ghost. Everything Korg does is amazing, it's but it's amazing because it was Taika. Yeah. <laughs> Korg it's, was a ste- he was a scene steal in everything he was in. He's so yep. good. He's so good, man. Um, I would have to. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree because I feel like with Guardians, granted, I know we all have very polarizing views for Guardians of the do. Galaxy, <laughs> but I feel like for that movie, the humor was like kind of forced in, kind of like how the new Justice Justice League movie looks like it's going to be, where they're like, hey, we need to make this funny. Here's a funny line. Mm-hmm. Say it because it's funny. And like, you can tell they're setting it up. Like, you know, the, the unfortunate thing a lot of Marvel films have been doing where they're like, we need to make this funny, right? And then so that's what I didn't like about Guardians, which is why I didn't find a lot of the jokes funny. And with this movie, like you said, it is more spontaneous, but at the same time, because it just felt like everyone was really weird. Like um, Grandmaster, Mr. Jeff Goldblum. He's so good. Is just so, he's so he's good. He's so eccentric, right? And he's you're just so like, weird. What the? And so even though he just, like, you know, he just talks and doesn't finish a sentence mm-hmm. and just stands there and like mm-hmm. looks off, and you're just like, what is happening? But it's so yeah. weird, but it fits. Yeah. And it's like a continuous weirdness as opposed to Guardians for me where it was, yeah. it was like, oh, we're going to have serious moments here. Oh, say something funny because yeah. we for uh, it's been five minutes and you haven't said yeah. anything funny. Whereas for Thor, it worked better for me. But, you know, like I said, it's still trapped within Marvel worlds. So but can't get too th- that argument could be said for Thor as well. As people have pointed out in some reviews is that like when Asgard blew up, uh, Korg had to make a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of it kind of like diminishes the, the, the fact that. Hey, uh, your 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 world just kind of blew up. Yeah. Okay. I have two points to that. I've heard this argument too. Number one, Korg is not from Asgard, and that character himself is a uh, uh like uh, always Pollyanna. He's always happy and chippy and stuff like that. So in the context of that character, that makes sense. All the Asgard people are also are, are, are upset. They're sad and stuff like that. So if it's it's true, it's within the context of these characters and stuff like that. That's my first point. My second point is the allegory that this Taika movie is trying to make is about Asgard through its entire history has colonialized the world, these nine realms through bloodshed and warfare. And it's kind of finally coming back to ro- roast. What's the expression? Coming back to roost or something like that? Roost? With Hela. Chicken, uh, with, with Hela. Pen has come home to roost? Yeah, with Hela and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's about whitewashing and stuff, about colonialism. That's the metaphor they're going <laughs> with. So the thing is, the whole point of the movie is like, hey, listen, Asgard is, you know, it's founded by bloodshed and destruction and all that stuff. So you know what? Not that big a deal. You know what I mean? It's the, it is with the people. The people are what makes a nation and a culture and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Don't, you know, that's the allegory he's going for. You know what I mean? You, you mean like... Yeah, the, like the king can't rule without its subjects. Yeah. Well, I think... I, kingdom, I, but. He, what Yaming is saying is the whole... Uh, it's it's an indictment against nationalism. Nationalism. Yeah, also, yeah. also colonialism. <laughs> no, also colonialism. Colonialism in particular and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because like I said... And whitewashing. Help... <laughs> Hella, 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 and Odin went out there and conquered these worlds. But as time goes goes on, they whitewash that history. It's those nations. Oh, they don't even talk about how the nations were found through warfare and, and destruction, right? You know what I mean? It's it, they presented like a rosy version of their history. Oh, you know what I mean? All these nine realms came together peacefully through treaty. But Hella's point is like, no, this is bullshit. She literally destroys those those fake marrows, the the real marrow, the real marrows behind underneath all that stuff. You know, so that's, so all, like I said, all that stuff kind of fits, you know what I mean? So Asgard, like I said, the uh, whole fits the whole, like, Asgard's not that big a deal, you know what I mean? And that's what Le- Thor learns too, you know what? Just do your own thing, man. Sorry. No, you are making this movie way deeper than I, uh... All right, I was like, <laughs> no, I, I totally see where he's coming from, I'm like, 
But well, then at the same it's, time, it's, it's, like, it's, it's in the movie. It kind of makes sense considering it's it is from Taika Waititi. He did put a lot of thought into this. even like subtle things like. Uh, he tried to input as much of his own culture in as mm-hmm. subtly as possible, like in terms of the ship designs or like the costume designs. There was some aspect of the New Zealand culture, the Polynesian culture yeah. in every like very little things here and there. That that may or may not be true. I don't know. But they, they keep citing Jack Kirby as the inspiration for the design of the movie. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Jack Kirby is true. Like yeah. that is like even he will make an official statement that even the poster designs were inspired by Jack Kirby. Yeah. But also, he also made a statement that his his people's culture is ingrained in throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah. The what do you call it? the 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 ship the what do you call it? the ship from the Grand Masters uh, is called the Commodore, and that's an Australian car from back in the day and stuff like that. There's a little hints exactly. like that too. And if you look at the background, the people from Asgard, this movie versus the previous two movies, all of a sudden there's more like minorities, there's more people. There's of a lot color. more diversity. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, he really, you know, like, and if you look at the history of New Zealand, Australia, the things I mentioned about colonialism, all that stuff, it all fits in and stuff like that. Some of it's subtle and some of it's like literally, like I said, Hela destroys a mural and talks about the history of Asgard and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I don't think it's a coincidence that the one, uh, the one warrior three that that had the last stand with Hela is the Japanese guy, you know, so I don't think that's a coincidence and stuff like that. All that stuff is there if you guys kind of, I don't know. Check it out. <laughs> if we know. really analyze, if we watch this movie twice in one yeah, weekend, like diving to yeah. What did you guys think of Hila? Like, how would you rank her in terms of Marvel villains? I think she's really good. She's I, I don't know about ranking her, but I did like her a lot. I kind of mm-hmm. wish there were more of her. Yeah, I like the visual thing that they do. Was she's just endless supply of knives, man. You get a knife, you get a knife, you get a big knife, you get a small knife. So it's so good. She has, she has two OP. This is not fair at all. It's really cool. That's a really cool effect and stuff like that. I like the fact that it's also different sizes too. At the end, where he she fights sulfur, sapphire, whatever it is, it's a big giant knife coming out of the the, the water and stuff like that. I yeah. really like that. Well, really she cool. threw those at the freaking um, Asgardian ships as well. She threw like one knife, yeah. and the whole ship was destroyed. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what the it's really, it's really, well, really she cool. is the goddess of death, as she, as she keeps yeah, pointing out. Dude, girl, you don't need an army. You just got and yourself. Also, You're just standing there like, oh, Also, God. I like the fact that she clearly outguns all, you know, Loki and Thor. You know what I mean? Clearly, Thor is outmatched in this in this, in this, this uh, fight yeah. with Hela. I even, really like even, that Even with his lightning power, he's still yeah. outmatched. Yeah. But I also do kind of appreciate the fact that she's not your typical villain. She's kind of like a force of nature. Mm-hmm. And she even acknowledges, yeah, you know, I'm the goddess of death. I'm, this is who I am. So she's not like her typical villain who's just out for revenge or whatever. She's just kind of teeing on what what Odin started with her. Right. I like all. I did stuff. appreciate that. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I think sh- to me, she is one of the better Marvel villains uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the part that made it successful is that like there was like an origin of like you know kind of like you know we understand why she's doing this. It's kind of like it sucks, kind of being dis- discarded. And then, you know, and then so you kind of kind of understand, like, why she wants to take over mm-hmm. or destroy it, I guess. And at the same time, uh, it was good that she had her own kind of reverential sense of humor. Yeah. So, like, I remember the part when uh, when the Japanese guy was, uh, was like, who, you know, <laughs> she was announcing herself. Yeah. He was like, I don't know who you are, who you what are? you want. She's like, <laughs> and, and then and the camera zooms back and you just see her like frustrated. He's like, are you serious? I just said it. I just said who I am. Weren't you paying attention? Literally, I just said who I am. What, what, what's going on here? Yeah. She's a really cool villain. And She's so really she, good. Yeah. And then it, it, I think it worked perfectly. Kate Blanche was the villain because 
the villain was very theatrical. There was very, right. it was a very Shakespearean feel to it, mm-hmm. and just the way she posed or the way she delivered dialogue. And I thought it was like, no, she's excellent to have as Hila. And I guess for right, this is, I guess this is kind of sad. I don't know. This is Marvel's first major female villain, and I know. so yeah. I guess with Hila, you that's a great start. Yeah. It's not perfect, but I think it's a great start. And the men, I mean, the leaders lead the leads of the film couldn't take her on even when they're all combined together right. against her. So that's like, oh, yeah, like you said, it's really impressive that she's just like, well, I don't care about anything unless oh something comparable comes along. And and we can see yeah, why uh, oh, yeah. Zachary Levi is now in DC because. Clearly, they didn't really need him at all. They just yeah. killed him right, right away. Yeah, that's uh, what do you call it? Just, I have two points with that. Number one, it's a very classic comic book thing when you introduce a, a a villain or a new character. They always have to kill somebody or fight somebody, and then you know that establishes them as a threat. That's a very comic book thing. The, the Jeff Loeb method of uh, storytelling. Right, and the second thing is, uh, I didn't like the fact that they didn't give Thor a beat to recognize. Hey. Where's the Warrior Three? They're my childhood buddies. What happened? You know, yeah, where are all the people in yeah. that I grew up with? And yeah, then also Lady Civ, but then we were talking about how it's like uh, yeah. uh, scheduling conflicts yeah, yeah. and yeah, all the crap, stuff. and how she might come back as like Valakry's lover. Yeah. Taika did make an official statement recently yeah. that because of the scheduling conflict, that what he just assumed was that like she's off uh, world or something. Just put, he told the Marvel executives, "I was like, oh, Lady Civ is actually banished. She's on Earth right now <laughs> because when." Loki, uh, under the guise of Odin, banished her because he would know that she's one of the smarter people to realize uh, that's not Odin. Yeah. So Taika was like, "Yeah, she's banished," so which means it's good news for the actress. Yes, she really lucked out. Back. Yeah. yeah, but I, I do like to say that when when Thor was going like, "We're going to have the Revengers or whatever," there was it would be nice if there was some mention. Hey, yeah, we have like I have three more friends in Asgard who joined the team. You yeah. know, that kind of a thing. Honestly, I, I think she lucked out. I really do feel like she lucked out. Yeah. She, if she, yeah, would, she, she if she would have had that scheduling thing worked out, she would have just been up there with the Warrior Three and stuff yeah, like that. I think she did. lucked out. Yeah, I like that character a lot too. I hopefully hopefully she comes back in the future and stuff. And oh yeah, same. I was super excited when I saw her on screen the first time, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I hope I hope they do something with her. And we should mention the the Valkyrie. Uh, actually, uh, Scrapper One Forty Three. She's fantastic. She's really great in this movie. I love her a lot. I I love uh, I love Tessa Thompson in this role. She's she's really awesome. She's really cool. I'm just surprised she's the very last Valkyrie. So apparently they're all dead except yeah, for her. Yeah. I'm sure wow. they'll have more that's like, hey, another person survived uh, here somewhere. I guess that part I didn't quite understand. So we saw the flashback, which, by the way, was beautifully shot. Like, yeah. gorgeous how the flashback was. But then it's like, okay, so uh, Hela killed one of the Valkyries and <laughs> impaled her. And you see Valkyrie, or in this case, Scrapper 142, fall behind. Right. And Hila didn't see her. Why didn't she kill her? I think that... Why, I, it sounds like happened? that's... It seems like one of those things they'll flesh out in the future of movies and stuff. It seems like, you know, she, the other lady jumped in front of her. She took the sword, and then she may have, like, uh, scurried away or... You're like a coward. Maybe that's why she's, all, she's always drinking. Not just because she lost all her friends and her comrades. Right. But she... Uh, she coward. She cowardly left that fight and stuff like that. You know? I, I but it does seem like all the Valkyries are dead. I, I was waiting for the moment when she will admit that that she ran from the fight, and that's the reason right. why she's all. Yeah, that's that's what I was waiting herself. for too. But then I guess just the, whatever flashback Loki extracted from her was what mm-hmm. we we're supposed to take. Like, oh, okay, that's that's all the story. Cool. Yeah, I'm assuming they'll flesh that out in the future and stuff. I, I assume she kind of like, like I said, kind of stinked away from that fight and stuff. But it does seem like that's the Valkyries' last stand, and that's that's like everybody, all the Valkyries are dead except for her and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but overall, I did like her as a character. She's I, right. I, I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't like stick it to the notion that she is bi, mm-hmm. and they they, they uh, deleted that scene. Uh, uh, uh. This is my well, whole. This, excuse me, sorry. This is my whole. Uh, what do you call it? Magnificent Seven. My uh, Rogue uh, One theory, where you know, if uh, what do you call it? if uh, if somebody mourns you of the same sex, mourns you and stuff. I do think there are a couple. The fact that 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 blonde lady jumps in front of that sword to save her and stuff. I think there were a couple. And Tessa Thompson has mentioned <laughs> in her head yeah. cannon that's her that's her love and stuff fair like enough fair yeah. enough but the, the fact is no, that's, that's fine but i don't think yeah. it would have made her character stronger or weaker to show like ooh, she's into women yeah like if they're gonna do that it has like i think they said they, they took it out of the movie because they're like it doesn't do anything for the character just right. to show a right. woman leaving and then it just makes the audience go ooh, and then they're just gonna be so focused on her being bisexual right fair no, enough. i'm glad they took it out so yeah. it's like we just focused that valkyrie is who she is she's a strong warrior mm-hmm. Who became an alcoholic? Um, right. Okay, she's a badass. She's really, earlier, really, and she's not just like um, an alcoholic or it's like a one tone kind of thing. She's also having a lot of fun too. You know what I mean? All the scenes oh, she yeah, has she with nice. the Hulk and stuff—it's incredibly joyful and fun and interesting. And you know what I mean? It's not like her just being, oh, you know, oh, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm drinking a lot. This, there's, 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 like, there's even those quiet moments where she's up on that on her ship, looking down on the Hulk Thor fight, drinking and stuff. Her face acting and stuff like really interesting, really good and stuff. She's fantastic. So. What were you going to say, Justin? Oh, no. Um, the Tessa Thompson, yay. Uh, I kind of, I'm okay with her acting. I think because she does this weird pucker lip thing a lot, kind of mm-hmm. like what Kara Knightley did a lot in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And that just kind of was annoying to me. Just it's, like, why do you keep... Are you saying it's like the way for, of her pouting? Mm-hmm. She's so sad. Look at me pouting. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's, it's just when the girls, s- they, they pucker their lip. They do like the duck face thing because they're oh, like, okay. oh, it makes me sexy. Mm-hmm. Or... Or I don't even. Why did they do it? I don't have no idea. So, so she does that a lot. I agree with Justine. I think the first half of it, I had no problems with. It. I thought her character was great, but then when she kind of like turned over to like you know helping Thor and all doing their battle, like she had the pucker face thing going on <laughs> a lot, and she kind of did this weird like head bob thing, which it was just like this, <laughs> and she would always like you know judder hip out a lot more and so it was kind of distracting from like wow. whatever we saw her before she was like no she's a straight straight up badass warrior yeah. to like pucker face head bobbing jip uh hip like sticking you, out kind of thing yeah. so did you, it was did you see the part not where, too distracting but it was noticeable how great was that part where they get they set the cannon up in the in the grandmaster's ship and stuff like that and she caught and she like handles it like a big giant like you know um well you know like a giant dildo exactly yeah. it's a great scene it's a it's just great it's just fun like a strap on, yeah yeah we're all having fun here guys it's just fun i didn't notice all the pucker lifts and all the posing but i thought she was just great and fun and interesting i found more movies with her and valkyrie and stuff like that it's fantastic Mm-hmm. I do know I didn't mind it too much, but I know there were several fans who complained that they wasted the Planet Hulk storyline for this. Oh, um, I'm vaguely familiar with it. Yeah. I know that Hulk, you know, this that's a solo thing of like him actually saving those people, right? Um, and that's his story. But I guess the compromise that's a compromise because Marvel will never have the solo rights until Universal gives it up, right? So in the meantime, Hulk can only exist in. Uh, kind of like collaboration right, movies, team up movies, and where stuff. they can they will insert solo esque moments, but they can never really give him a true moment by himself. Uh, speaking of Hulk, I mean, once again, Hulk becomes kind of like an MVP in terms of guest starring the Hulk in all these MCU movies. But you guys read the thing about how Mark Ruffalo and Kevin Feige said that there's going to be like an ongoing Hulk yeah. storyline. Mm-hmm. 
behind yes. the scenes as as he is a guest right. star. That does no, kind like of, this yeah. is one of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah cuz his storyline is not really finished at the end of this movie. His whole thing was like, you know, he's been the Hulk for 2 years. That that Hulk creature is like 2 years old. But then Mark Ruffalo kind of like says, uh Blue Spanish says, you know, if I turn back into Hulk, I don't know if I can turn back again, you know what I mean? And at the end before he jumps on that on, on that bridge and lands splat oh like a pancake. God. It, there's a moment where he you you realize you know what what if he doesn't turn back to Bruce Banner and stuff like that so and that they don't finish that storyline so they'll finish it in the next you know Avengers movies and stuff like that. So, um, in terms of Hulk, right. I feel like for this movie they definitely um obviously made him very comical and treated him like a puppy like or a dumb little child which I get like that's what he is kind of when he's the Hulk but at the same time like I feel like they dumbed him down a lot. To the point where it was just kind of sad. Mm-hmm. There was like, he's bad not, Hulk, don't what? do that. And he's like, meh, me, me, no, me. I don't think he's... Which, do- oh, sorry, I, I, I interrupted. I interrupted. Sorry. No, oh, no, what are you going to say? No, I don't think he, they dumped him down. They actually made him smart. If he went from like zero to a two-year-old and stuff like that, they actually made him dumb. But I think he, it's uh, I think it's maturity. He's just immature. He's like a two-year-old. He's, he's immature. That's more, more than anything else. You know? I didn't have so much of an issue of that either. I do know that in terms of quote unquote dumbing down, they definitely did so for Thor. Like he became like this bro, super bro, a super bro man, which I have no issues with. It's like I know that's the other feedback I've seen from fans where they're like they did not enjoy some of them who did not enjoy this movie because it was like this is not the Thor that we know. He's like some idiotic bro guy, yeah. and I'm like. Actually, I think it's better. It's a better version. I think, yeah. You know, because it's like you can only have so many Marvel characters that are super serious about yeah. their stuff. So it's good to have one guy who's like, yeah, bro, tastic. Yeah. It's like you knew you were getting into it because when Taika would release those short films, uh, especially with <laughs> Thor and his roommates. Yeah. Uh, oh, Thor and Daryl. And Daryl. Like, Where's Daryl? Exactly. Like, oh, Thor's going to be a bro. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Because I think a Thor, a Thor pure is from the comic books and from the past MC movies are probably going to be like, that's not Thor. He's too funny to be Thor. But the thing is though, this is a better Thor. I mean, like you're saying, he needs to stand out. And, and uh, Chris Hemsworth talked to Mike Kevin Feige about this. And they said, yeah, let's go ahead and go this direction with Thor. I think it'll, he'll make him stand out more. And the truth is, yeah, it totally did. And also uh, two points. My first point is like the core of Thor. When I think of Thor as, you know, growing up as a, Thor is, number one, his hammer, which he doesn't have anymore. And number two is, he's the protector of Asgard. As long as he has that whole, I need to protect Asgard, Asgard is my, yeah. under my protection and all that stuff. And he, and he, and that is still true in this movie. So that's all I, I care about Thor as far as, you know, that core is still there, right? And then number two, when he's on Earth, he's like the most powerful, most kind of awesome person on Earth, right? But he, when he's in space, he's either equal or just a little bit above every all other space creatures and stuff like that, you know what I mean? On Sakaar and stuff like that. So the whole relationship changes and stuff, you know what I mean? So he would be a little bit more insecure, a little like, oh my god, I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? He's sitting in this chair, he's locked in a chair, and then, you know, these weird lights are flashing and stuff like that. Like, you know, like the Willy nice Wonka Nice little thing. Willy Wonka yeah. reference with the music. Yeah, exactly. Because he's not on Earth. He's like the, not the most dominant uh, person on the planet Earth and stuff like that. It, it's a different thing. You have, to, you have to strike a different tone and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. strike a different tone. I mean, his tone was consistent throughout the whole movie. He was mm-hmm. a broken. No, no, no. I'm he talking about throughout the three, year, uh, the three Thor movies and stuff the like that. The three Thor movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. I'm just saying, you know, it's a, you have to look at it from a different angle. You know what I mean? He's not the biggest fish in the pond anymore. You know, is, 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 is guess what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So, yeah. What? 
So there was a thing you guys had mentioned earlier, but um, I kind of didn't get to jump in on it, which you guys were talking about Gila, um, and how she, like, as a villain, it's like, okay, first female villain, great. Super, super, super OP. Um, but also, in terms of, like, all the uh, Marvel films, even though the first two Thor movies weren't as, like, standout-ish as compared to the other ones, the, if you think about it, their villains actually are more unique, though, and different from the main superhero versus, like, Iron Man, right? All his villains are people who are just taking his designs and fighting against him with it. Yeah. And then I'm like, that's pretty boring. Uh, Captain America is just a super-powered man fighting super-powered men that mm -hmm. were the same as him, like, using the same serum or whatever. And then, um, unfortunately, I mean, I don't know much about Black Panther, but we finally saw the trailer when we were watching Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. And then when we saw the trailer... Mild spoiler for this? It was like, oh, Black Panther is fighting Black Panther. Yep, it's the same But in a different suit. He's fighting... Suit. How dare you? He's fighting a leopard, okay? That's why it's gold, <laughs> number one. But yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I was really disappointed. Like, why? Oh, is this the only way they can fight? Yeah. Other, like, I'm fighting myself. Oh. So you think Hilo was too similar to no, Thor? No, no, no. I'm oh. saying that even though Thor, we have, like, the criticism of the first two films. Like, they weren't as good. And then this one, I'm like, oh, yeah, it was good. But, yeah, it's still a Marvel film. I'm like, at least the Thor villains are different that is from true. the other ones. <laughs> I think Thor, the trilogy has to be given credit that you, their villains you, were you not the same as you gotta take this one, Albert. Unfortunately, that's not a movie problem. It's a comic book problem. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Marvel comic book problem. Uh, DC has a habit of doing like counterpoints. We're man, Lex Luthor, human, alien. Uh, Marvel is obsessed with having their villains be a counterpoint to the hero, the yin mm -hmm. and the yang. The the what if what if Spider Man was a bad guy? Let's have him fight. The opposite version of it. Yeah. That's a that's a Marvel thing. It it, it kind of can't be helped, quite and, honestly. And it's also universally agreed upon. Thor two had the worst villain though. Malekith is the worst villain, the most bland villain ever, and stuff like that. And the first one, I'll give you, I'll give you. Uh, that's true. Thor: The Dark World turns out his brother turned out to be the ultimate villain, right? I believe, right? The, the first Thor, Loki. The first Loki. movie was Thor. Oh, it was Loki, yeah. Yeah, Loki. So I'll yeah. give you that one. That that does have the best best villain. But also on the opposite end of the spectrum. Thor Dark World had the worst villain. Malekith is the worst. He's worst the most throwaway villain ever. Yeah, it's the most I don't even remember him. So. I don't exactly. remember him, but at least he was different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's by, by, by being crappy. He's the worst. That's different. Well, he guy. was just generic super villain bad guy yeah. in Dark World. And also, Kevin Feige, like uh, Albert, has covered this because that's kind of like the nature of Marvel. He he's, he understands the criticism. He's, he actually acknowledges and stuff like that, but it sort of is what it is and stuff like that. And And, you know, Let's just and also you brought up Black Panther. Let's just kind of wait to see the movie. I have faith in in the guy who did Creed, uh, Ryan Coogler. Speaking of Thor: The Dark World, I have to say I truly was um, like surprised by the play within a play. Yes. Uh, when they were doing mm -hmm. uh, for quote unquote Odin's amusement, mm -hmm. and just being pointed out to me, I did not recognize that that was Matt Damon. Really? Did you really? Did you? Loki. <laughs> wow. Were you, were you wondering? I just like. I mean, I, I could see the face, but I just couldn't, like, put it together. Because yeah, I was like, when it first came on, I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, what? I'm like, it's Matt Damon. He's like, yeah. where? Yeah. Like, right, right in front of you. And, then, and then I see it, and it's I still yeah. couldn't quite register because I was like, wait. So they got an A-lister to play this, like, this yeah. throwaway, random, goofy part. I mean, like, others I could understand. I'm like, okay, that's, that's Sam Neill as Odin. And that's one of the Hemsworth brothers playing. Thor. I like that a lot. I like the Hemsworth brother cameo. I actually well, Matt Damon as yeah. like Loki, and I was just like, "What?" And then I read up on it, and like 
when they were doing when they shot everything else, that was one actually the one of the last things they shot. It was like a secret scene, and it was like there was a contract for all the extras involved. It was like a do not tell anyone who was mm-hmm. there, and not, even Kevin Feige or the producers didn't know about it oh, until really? they revealed it like two months before the premiere, and so. Uh, I guess it paid off because it took me by surprise, and I think it was one of the funniest scenes I've seen in a Marvel film. Unfortunately, I can't remember that scene very well because you were busy laughing. Yeah, I was. Time. I yeah. was too busy laughing. So it just—it's uh, basically that's got to be one yeah. of the funny scenes. Yeah, I've but, seen but in a but it was still—it was still technically an inside joke. Yeah. Did you like the scene? I did, but I kind of was hoping they would have gone even further with the inside joke yeah. by having Torby played by Jimmy Kimmel. Oh no! Nah, that's oh. I did. I I liked it and didn't like it at the same time. I, I I thought Matt Damon. He's too famous. He's he kind of pulls you out of the scene. Right. And, and also, he's not known for having a very fantastical, magical face. You know what I mean? He really stars in like very modern movies. So he, you know. No, that's like, what I, I mean. It's an inside joke because yeah. fifty years from now, when people see this, they won't. They're, they're not gonna no, laugh at that. Yeah. You know. But I love the fact that the other Hensworth brother, the Luke Hensworth, plays Thor. I thought that was brilliant. Yep. I think that's a great inside joke. I think that's. I think I love that. I love that joke. But yeah. And then with Sam Neill, I think it's it's great that Taika likes as as much as he can bring people he's mm-hmm. worked in the past. So obviously Sam Neill with Hunter Hunt for the Will of People. Same with the um, and lady. Ra- Rachel House right Topaz uh Grandmaster's bodyguard. I wish it was more of her too. She's fantastic. I love her in everything. Oh, she was great. It looks like she's playing the same character as Hunt for the Wilder People and stuff, yep. but still she I love that character. She's like she's in space with a cool outfit. Right. It's it. just but that is one of the great movie characters of all time, so I don't mind that at all. I love that character from the Hunt for yeah, the Wilder People. I, I, hopefully she survived that crash. Oh, she's great. You know, and I I really hope she, she comes back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love the movie. There are like little things I didn't like. You guys mentioned the whole uh, what do you call it? Warriors Three. I thought Thor needed to get a little beat of it, a beat saying what happened to my my buddies. I also yeah, I, they they got hmm? wasted pretty fast. And yeah. It was kind of depressing. Even though other people were like, oh, technically they're immortal because they're like Asgardian god type of things. So no, they could potentially be brought back. Maybe well, it's not, not it's not that kind of immortal. It's yeah. not that kind of immortal. It's just that we think they're immortal. They actually have a lifespan of or something like that. But I, they, they can't. I don't think they'll be coming back. The other thing. Oh, I, oh sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, the other thing I didn't like was I understood the connection between the gladiators and Core doing the rebellion versus the Grandmaster. But I thought there should have been beat showing what the dynamic was between those two elements versus like the general public. You know what I mean? Because it seemed like the general public was just having a Mardi Gras thing all the time. You know, everybody's having a good time there. You know what I mean? So I didn't understand that. Also, then uh, like a rebellion with the with the gladiators. I you know what I mean? I thought there was sh- there was a beat missing there. You know what I mean? That's why I thought the end credit scene were were Grandmaster coming out saying, "Oh, this rebellion, it's a tie." I that joke, that whole thing didn't really land for me. I thought oh, that. No, I thought that was my least favorite moment of the movie. Right, right. Like, eh. Doesn't it feel like there's a beat missing between the like the general population, the gladiator, and the grandmaster. That dynamic didn't really work out. And the other thing I didn't like was like all the special effects were great. Especially we didn't talk about the opening segment. The opening segment is fantastic. It's great. It's one of the best. But the one of the special effects, the visual effects I didn't like was like uh, Odin standing, you know, in Norway, and that looked like. Oh my god. Super yeah, CGI. That looked really bad. Because that was part of reshoots, and it, I don't think they finished the visual effects. You know, because I mean? remember those things were supposed to take place in New York, right? And then they changed the whole thing. So yeah, that looked, is, that is there really a reason bad. why they like, changed you it? You see it in the trailer too. Like right. it looked when 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 Hela grabs the hammer in the first trailer. There, it's, it's a New completely York. different setting. It right. looked great. It looked fine. Why did and they then, change it? Base. Oh, sorry. Uh, before I mean, oh, so basically, what people have been able to piece together was the original story script. What they originally shot was like um, 
uh, King Odin was kind of uh, Odin was out in the streets of New York as a madman. Like, you know, he's kind of gone crazy and stuff. And Thor finds him, and then Hela comes and stuff like that. But they reshot that whole, they scrapped that whole thing, and and they made it more of a grand kind of a thing. Him talking to his two sons and then passing away in the field. So it was part of the reshoots and stuff like that. So they. Re- I thought that was too sudden. I thought yeah. like it was. And it was like a whole like kung fu panda thing. Like Uguay yeah. is disintegrating into light. Yeah. Oh. And literally seconds later, Hila shows up. And I was like, I, okay, they're really accelerating this. I, I thought that at first, but for some reason, like I said, when I saw it the second time, it just runs a little, it's, it's a little smoother the second time around. I, <laughs> that didn't really bother me. I just thought the visual effects, like I said, it felt like it wasn't finished, you know what I mean? It, but they had to release the movie and stuff. But Because the, the visual effects of the three of them, Loki, Thor, and Odin looking out into the sea, it's really bad visual effects. It's like... Yep. It's yeah, really I totally bad. agree. It was yeah. like, wow, for a Marvel film, I can't believe you guys did this. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, of embarrassing. It's got obviously part of the reshoot. Hopefully, they'll spend a little bit of money and fix it for the Blu-ray and stuff like that, so it looks better. But yeah, yes. it's really bad. But yeah, and clarify, clarify another thing for me too is Doctor Strange. When that movie came out, where in the timeline is that? Because thinking that Doctor Strange in this oh, one is yeah. like hella powerful suddenly. Yeah, I don't know. It's. It, I'm assuming it's two years later because he's wearing gloves. He's also wearing the Agamotto, so he's right. comfortable wearing it. I'm assuming, and he's a better uh, uh, sorcerer in this movie. So I'm assuming it's like two years after. He's. Did you like the cameo? Did you like, like Doctor it. Strange? Because I thought it was kind of. I don't know if it was necessary. I thought it was good. I, I, I thought it was good. Yeah, it, it was. It, it had a means to an end because they needed Thor and Loki to get to Odin somehow, and this is the way they did it. And also, they wanted. Doctor Strange have another beat before the Infinity War. You know what I mean? Just to remind people. Okay. And also, as a comic book fan, uh, Albert knows this. Uh, when you sometimes a, a cameo, another superhero a cameo in a, a, another superhero's book in the beginning, and they kind of come back around at the end. They didn't do it for this movie, but in most comic books, there's usually like a team up at the beginning before the adventures start. So it's very comic booky that it's, uh, Doctor Strange comes. And me, like I said, I'm in the bag for these Marvel movies. So you throw as many Marvel heroes at me as, as you know, as you need. I, I, you know, I kind of. But I do like the fact that he yeah. kept like shifting time, and that yeah. Thor was always like, "Stop doing that." Yeah. And I love the fact is that Doctor Strange more powerful than Loki because it seemed like he pretty much handled Loki with ease. Te- technically, he's supposed to be more powerful. Yeah. Oh. And I love the fact that the Thor's. Uh, uh, hammer is the umbrella and stuff like that. You know, yeah. right? that's very that's very common book. Like speaking of comic books, yeah, in the comic books, Doctor Strange is what people call the Deus Ex Machina of the Marvel universe. Yeah, because if they need something solved like really impossibly fast, just get Doctor Strange in the scene. Yeah. I love the fact that he ha- he calls his hammer, and then he ha- that hammer flies yeah. through Doctor Strange's sanctorum. Like, sorry and, about that. But but the camera holds on Thor. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's really good. I, I I like I like it. I like this movie a lot. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, I it's, mean, very, it's a very fun movie. You said yeah. that. The whole Doctor Strange thing was like a, a way for like, oh, for them to find Odin. But I also found it was unnecessary because they could have just been like, hey, where, yeah. where'd you leave Odin? I left him in Norway. Okay. Yeah. And then go there instead of having the whole scene. I mean, I liked the scene. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious. And, you know, their interactions and Loki falling for 30 minutes was yeah. great. But then it was just like. But unnecessary, but unnecessary versus like, hey, this is just something a little bit extra, yeah. a little my bonus, but, a little extra character stuff. But plus calling back good. again, plus calling back again the comic books. This is the Marvel way. This yeah. is how they do things. Yeah. Also, it's just yeah. it's just a lot of fun. Like I said, this universe is seventeen movies deep. You know, there's like dozens and dozens of characters. You must have pulled people and stuff like that. You know, from these various movies and you know, show them yeah. off a little bit. It's good times. Yeah, because if if you get annoyed by that, do not read the comic books. That happens quite often. Yeah. The comic books. <laughs> Um, I read the comics. You guys keep talking to us like we don't read the comics. But the thing is, with comic books, it's different because a movie you're supposed to be like 
oh, you have this much time to tell a story. What are you going to be putting in, right? And like you said, yeah. oh, the whole Grandmaster and the Rebellion thing, mm-hmm. that felt like a beat was missing. And they probably yeah. did film something, yeah. but then they cut it because to make room for other things. Oh, but the thing is, they could just – to me, my whole – people have mentioned this theory, but I, my whole thing is like instead of deleting the Doctor Strange thing, just add the, the add scenes to it. This movie is only 10, uh, 2 hours and 10 minutes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then as far as – you know what I mean? They could just add another 10, 15 minutes. It would have been fine and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, we would have been fine, but they probably have all their rules where they're like, hey, no, it has to be this, this, no. this. And they're like, ah, fine. I would, I would say it's cheaper to film Doctor Strange than it is to shoot like a rebellion scene. Yeah. And also, two, two ten, it's not exorbitantly long or short. It's, just, it's a good sized movie and stuff. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, rebel- the, the rebellion thing did really bother me because it, it didn't seem like the focus of that plot line was about the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mentioned it, but we were really more interested with Thor getting back to Asgard. So that was mm-hmm. more of their focus. Mm-hmm. What other cameos? Oh, a Stanley's cameo. It's, I like that one. It's really Whatever. good. It's really strong. <laughs> Same as every other movie. Oh, there it is. It's to expect. It's like, you know, where yeah. is he going to pop up? And then he popped up in here as the worst haircut person in the universe. Yeah. But apparently it was the best haircut Actually, ever. It was bad. It's a really good haircut. Thor looked amazing. Thor looks good, man. Thor looks great. I don't know. Yeah, it's Chris Hemsworth. I'm sure he can make anything look good. That's true. And yeah. then, of course, when we, yeah, when we saw in the theaters when Chris Hemsworth had his obligatory half naked scene and like <laughs> there was a reaction like yeah. there was like oh my from yeah. the audience from like above me and the left of me actually, um, actually, mainly guys and either they were jealous or yeah. they were like oh man like damn and then oh the other one too was when you see loki in that black suit when mm-hmm. he's on earth mm-hmm. i was like that's a well that's a well-tailored suit yeah nice. that looks really good going back to the chris oh, oh sorry yeah and then oh sorry i was gonna say going back to the chris hensworth uh shortlist thing if i if i if i if I'm reading it correct, I think they're goofy on it in the sense that in a very in, in a few minutes, Hulk comes out of the bathtub naked and you yep. see his ass and stuff like that. So it's just kind of him goofing on it a little bit and stuff like that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And Thor goes like, "Oh, I've seen I've seen it now. Oh, it's in my brain. I can't get it out of my head." So, uh, good times. So the scenes between uh, Thor and Hulk, as well as Thor and Bruce Banner, I think were some of the best buddy scenarios I've seen. Yeah, like the comedy between the two just. Jiving off each other was excellent. Like Mark Ruffalo and uh, Chris Hemsworth, as well as you know when he was the Hulk personality, like the whole smoldering fire and raging yeah. fire argument, it was excellent. This is give huge credit to the writers as well as Taika for just making that work. And like I, I, I like the fact that Thor keeps doing that callback to Avengers: Age of Ultron. The sunset's getting real low. Sunset's getting real oh, low. Like, he's massaging his shoulders. Yeah. He's like, stop <laughs> He, try, he tries it with, he tries it with Hulk, he tries it with Bruce Banner. It's really good. Yeah. There, there were surprising a lot of Age of Ultron references in this movie. That's what I'm saying. It, it is like Civil War in a sense that, it, you know how Civil War pulls together all these kind of plot threads from different Marvel movies? But the thing is, with this movie, they pull jokes from different movies. The first two Thor movies and the two Avengers movies, they just pull jokes. It's just, it is just them taking the piss out of the those Marvel movies and stuff like that. It's it's a little bit of a satire almost. You know? Yep. Yeah. Which is which is good. Uh yeah, it was Idris Elba is great and stuff like that. I think they used oh, yeah, them, yeah, yeah. They used Oh yeah, them, I totally uh, forgot about Idris Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba's great, I guess. Uh oh Surge has a really interesting actually little, oh, yeah, little, little guy. He has a nice little story arc and stuff he like that. He did have a nice story arc. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. So Oh Keith, um, Carl Urban, the mm-hmm. one who betrayed. Oh, okay. I honestly don't get why his story was necessary, and I was just like, uh, "Who are you? Yeah. Why do we care about you?" 
I kind I thought, of like when you just messaged him. I was like, "Who?" <laughs> I, I, I thought that's, I thought it was a great story. He could have been just a typical henchman and stuff, you know, I mean, cl- clearing out orders what? and stuff. But he was a typical henchman who yeah. had no backbone either way. Whatever happened, yeah. But and it, so, but in the moment of truth, he steps up. More of the comic storyline mm-hmm. of him actually, mm-hmm. like you know, taking the mach- the, the rifles mm-hmm. and shooting. He is this is Troy or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, no, Carl Urban did well with the part. I was just like, I thought the part, eh, was okay. I thought it was great. It's just like, like I said, he could be a typical henchman, you know, following orders. But, you know, but he just starts off at literally like a, a janitor, like a placeholder for Idris Elba's character and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then he kind of gets caught in this bad situation. So sort it of makes the best of it. He tries to go along as far as, far as he could, but he couldn't. And, you know, he steps yeah. up at the end. He's a hero at the end. It's a great, yeah. it's a I, great story. I did like the fact that, yeah, uh, Hela pointed out, oh, your survival instinct is still intact. Yeah. You know, because he's like, Willing to just submit to her, mm-hmm. but even though you can tell by his face, he'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, in, in a time in, in our the time we're living in, I'm hoping more people that work for governments, you know, step up and stuff like that. You know, sort of a cowering way and stuff yeah. like that. I Kevin forbid what I'm inf- implying or inferring and stuff like that. You uh, know what I mean? And on that note, <laughs> thanks we for need more Carl Urban. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. With the shake weight and everything, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to impress girls and stuff like that. There you go. I was going to say, those Asgardians are like, they remind me of, you know, Japanese people during an emergency earthquake situation. Because yeah. when Heimdall was just like, let's go, they're like, yes, there was no screaming, there was no frantic yeah. destroying of property and, and them trampling each other, but they were like so orderly. And I was like, damn. They were the damn. mightiest warriors ever. Yeah. I was like, they're Seriously. really good at evacuating their city considering they've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Surter. We forgot to mention Surter, but whatever. It's a fantastic <laughs> opening. We can, is I can, the same guy? Oh, Clancy yeah. Brown? Yeah, Clancy Brown, crazy. yeah. And Taika Waititi did the motion, motion capture, but Clancy Brown did the voice and stuff like that. It's a fantastic opening. I love that opening. It's a great opening and stuff like that. With the yes. fire, special effects, the hammer he puts in the dragon so the dragon can't move and stuff like that. It's fantastic. All right. Oh, one, oh sorry. To add one final note, they, they actually closed the loophole of showing the Infinity Gauntlet yeah. in the first Thor movie uh-huh. by by Hila saying that's a fake. Yeah, fake glove, fake, yep. fake, fake. So wait, so did Loki? I think it was just either fake or this thing is not as powerful as me. Seems like a fake, one of Odin's fake trophies. Um, yeah, so does that mean that Loki now has two Infinity Stones? Because the the Eater is there, as well as the uh, was that a one from Avengers? No, just the the Tesseract is there. Okay, the Tesseract, but the Eater was there too. What's, which one's the ether? Isn't that the one from uh, The Dark World? No, that one uh, the collector has. Okay. No, oh, I know what you're thinking about. The second thing that they passed was the ice-making thing. That's not uh, Infinity Stone, right? Wow. Okay. That's what it is, yeah. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, but, uh, oh, but he the does have... Making, oh, the thing that made him into Lofi's son? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not an Infinity Stone, right? So the Tesseract is there, and that's what Loki grabbed before the planet blew up, before Asgard blew up. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he grab it? Did I yeah, totally he, miss that? Well, it was, it was, it was it's assumed. Implied. It was yeah. implied, yes, it was yeah. implied. Okay. Oh, okay. All he right. He stared at it for like a second longer than he should have. Yeah, he started out a little bit too long. Oh, look at you. It's like, hey, I know what you are. <laughs> hey, girl, what's up? <laughs> haven't bit. seen you since the first movie or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I Let me get you off planet before it so, blows I mean, up. So the, so the worst case scenario is is Thanos kills Loki for that thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the worst case yep. scenario for yeah. that part. All right. And that oh, note, yeah. thanks for listening. <laughs> Albert is trying to wrap up. Okay. Come Sorry. on. Let's okay, be professional. Respect what? his professionalism. All right. John Ming, Edward, Josephine, where can people find you online? You, you can find me on Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U. You can find me, Josephine, at Facebook and Instagram at Slow Joe Jojo and Twitter at I am Josephine. 
This is everywhere you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Cinnabon Monster. And this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert Five X Five. You can catch my I said a movie blog for my non-spoiler movie reviews, my comic strip, and the other podcast, the Stuff and Junk Show, which I talk about cord cutting, or my annual cord cutting episode. You can find all that at whowhatwhereswhy.com. You can send comments to whowhatwhereswhy at gmail.com by our Facebook page or through the website. If you want to show your support, just go to whowhatwhereswhy.com slash support to find out how. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatwhereswhy.com. Uh, as of this recording, this morning, there was a big giant reveal from, I forget what news site that was. Apparently, there was talks of Disney potentially buying 20th Century Fox. Right. Yes. Yep. But I also heard someone else completely refute that, going, no, that talk has been dead for weeks. But then I was like, what? Well, I just saw a recent article like an hour ago. Like, it, they're they're holding off on their – it's not yeah. done deal yet. But the fact that there, there's been talks is still newsworthy. I, I, I saw the same oh, yeah. reports that uh, Fox was talking to Disney, but that was weeks ago, and it's kind of stalled. But that doesn't mean it won't be revisited no, but, later on. But that's the mm-hmm. thing, though. Uh, who leaked it? Was it Disney or was it Fox that this is know. happening? Yeah. Well, or was it the janitor? Yeah, I know. Fox seems, are, Fox seems to be run by very reputable people, so I can't imagine anybody <laughs> on their side would, uh, would leak such information. Because the thing is, though, is that, okay, so if Fox is trying to sell themselves, it's only for the movie and TV stuff. Right, exactly. They're going to keep the news uh, part, and they're going to keep the sports, sports part. Right. So I, I don't see this actually happening. Yeah. I don't see this actually happening. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I never. Heard, I haven't heard any news about Fox sort of being in trouble or anything. I'm not sure why they would kind of sell it and stuff. Maybe these, I don't know. Yeah. Seems, yeah, so I don't know. They have a couple of franchises going. They have a couple of big hits and stuff like that. And their TV's doing okay. Fox Network, I think, is doing okay. But yeah, I haven't. The, the only thing I can think of here is that Disney's giving them a huge ass check and go, would you just sell your, your divisions to us now? That yeah, all yeah. Think it of. might be one of those things where they went in there to see what the number is, like what Disney yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a that's ten billion dollars. What? What? <laughs> Fox is be like, dude, you can't afford us. We're, yeah. we're asking for fifteen. We're gonna give you twenty. Oh, what? hold on. Let me think about <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> it's probably that kind of a thing. And just and people have mentioned this on Twitter and stuff for like whatever whatever personal reasons why you wanted to go you wanted to go through. Me, the biggest deal is actually just having the Fox fanfare be in front of the Star Wars movies. You know what I mean? That's all I care about. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're forgetting that Fox Steels owns, well, I'm sure we remember, but a lot of people are forgetting that Fox Steels owns the distributing right for A New Hope. Right. So I'm sure Disney wants that back. Right. That's one thing they want. They want to I mean, that. I feel like it's leaning towards because it's like, you know, uh, it's the talks isn't too surprised because already like the Avatar, which is also part of Fox. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Now integrated in Disney World. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This Disney has reasons yeah. to own Fox, but I, I don't see why Fox would sell. But you don't. would. But you have reasons you... to own everybody in this world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Disney but, will own the entire planet. But imagine you... if they owned DC. Oh, but, imagine if they owned Google. Yeah, before. but. Well, I... But does Disney <laughs> buy Fox for Avatar? Is that a plus? Don't they look at the budget for the things like you're making five, four movies? What? No, I, oh, I think Avatar? I think they're that's, thinking that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't like it's that's probably one of the craziest news I've heard. Where it's like you're gonna make four? What? Back, 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 back for how much? What? Well, yeah. James Cameron's all like, I have the money. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And as far <laughs> as the comic book stuff and stuff like that, it, let's just say it does happen. I really don't want them to get the X-Men and put that in the MCU because I like 
the niche that the X-Men franchise has found with Logan and Deadpool, right? Right. They, they're kind of on, they have a little momentum going. I do want them to get a Fantastic Four back because there, ha- yes. has, there hasn't been a good movie with the Fantastic Four. Oh, yes. And that, to me, will be integrated easier into the MCU than yeah. the X-Men. Because Kevin Feige keeps talking about he wants to do more of the space stuff. It's yeah. kind of hard to do more of the space stuff without the Fantastic Four. Yeah. My prediction is uh, after Phase 3 or whatever... I really do think he, him and James Gunn, I think they want to do an adaptation of the Annihilation uh, storyline from, uh, you know, and that's a co- that's cosmic stuff. That's Nova Corps and all that stuff. I think that's the direction that they want to go. Because all the space movies, I know you guys don't like Guardians of the Galaxy and all that stuff, but undoubtedly, it looks gorgeous. You know what I mean? Plus this Thor Ragnarok, the space stuff looks gorgeous, and, it, it, and it's different from, like, the DC movies and the other movies that's set on Earth and stuff like that, you know, so... Agreed. Yeah. All right. Wait. So if they do that, they'll bring Chris Evans back as a human torch. Oh, Yay! that is true, huh? Oh boy, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, but if they do the Fantastic Four in the MCU, I bet you they don't do the the Reed Richards and all that. They do the different lineup, She Hulk and shit like that. You know what I mean? So. I think they could. I mean, I mean, they were okay, they're already playing around with time jumps with Captain Marvel and the yeah. Scrolls, right? Who's to say the Fantastic Four wasn't around that time? I don't want to see a stuck third, somewhere. I don't need dimension. to see a. Th- Third read Richards. That means it's on the same level as Spider-Man. So I well, I, we <laughs> need we need somebody to do it right the first time, yeah. and that hasn't happened yet. So I mean, read Richard, yeah. man. They could bring Chris Evans back. I am always down to see more Chris Evans. Holy <laughs> man! And they could use CGI to make him young. And Have you guys sat through those Fantastic Four movies? Those yes. two, they're terrible, right? What? No, they're amazing because Chris Evans is in it. Yeah, <laughs> what was it? So there's Chris Evans and then Michael B. Jordan played the Human Torch oh, as God, well. No. And no. then Jessica Alba as uh, <laughs> Susan Storm. Well, both God. Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan are now Marvel characters. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All yeah. right. This has been another episode of Spoilers, Please, which is part of the Who, What, Worst, Why Network.